You're listening to Sportsnet Today on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Tuesday. Welcome to Sportsnet Today. I'm Peter Klein. My last tour of duty on this one for uh, a little bit. Last day of fill-in. I don't know what's happening tomorrow, but it's not me. Happy Halloween to those who celebrate. Uh, busy show for you today. Coming up at 1.30, Julian McKenzie will be stopping by uh, as we chat all things Calgary Flames. At 2.30, John Hodge from 3 Down Nation will be joining us to break down the CFL playoffs with a specific focus, obviously, on the Calgary uh, Stampeders taking on at the BC Lions. Also today, our focus is going to be fixing the Calgary Flames. We'll get into that as the show goes on. Your texts, always welcome, 960-960. A couple big things happening in the NFL today, too. Going to try to shoehorn that in at some point. Cameron and Taylor, our outstanding producers today. We had an engineer in here earlier. I think Evan's gone now. I don't know if what he was working on has been fixed, but we're on the air and that's all that matters. So uh, your text always welcome 960-960 as we come to you from the DL Basement Systems downtown studios for Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls. We have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They are all things uh, basement Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Uh, big news out of Flamesland today. Uh, as the team has called up Connor Zari, he of the one goal and eight assists in, uh, I believe it's six American Hockey League games to start the season. And this is, I think, absolutely the right move to make for the Calgary Flames. Um, this is a team that has struggled offensively, so it would make sense to bring up uh, someone who I believe is leading the American Hockey League in points uh, at, the, uh, the, at, at the time of this recording. So... I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, I don't know if he was like absolutely blow away or anything in, in preseason, but he has been exactly what the, the flames needed him to be down in the American hockey league. And when you are all due respect to, to guys like hunt and to, to Greer, but those are guys who you can have in the lineup to provide a bit of sandpaper and provide a bit of a, a heavier style and whatnot when things are going smoothly. Um, but when they're not, I do think you you have to try to add a, a little bit more skill to the lineup, and I think that is something that Zari brings. It'll be interesting to see how he is utilized. Practice today, uh, the lines look a little bit, I, I don't want to say off, but a little bit different than they would normally. Ruzichka still out dealing with a shoulder injury. Dubé and Zadorov are both dealing with, um, well, something, I guess. Their maintenance day, I guess it was. Um, so the line that Zari was on at practice, he was with Sharon Govich and Kadri. I would imagine that that is a trio that sticks together at least for two periods on, uh, Wednesday uh, against Dallas, uh, Hunt was with Backlund and Coleman. I would, I would guess that that is kind of a, uh, placeholder for a Dylan Dubé. So, uh, lines of practice were Huberto, Lindholm, Manjapani, um, and then Hunt, as I mentioned with Backlund, Coleman, Zari, Sharon Govich, and Kadri, and then Greer, Coronado, and Walker Dewar. Um, I, I wish they would just find something and stick with it. And I get like what we're saying this when they're calling a kid up. Um, so obviously there's, there's going to be a, a bit of jumbling going on, but I hope this is what 
works for the next little bit. You know, like I, I hope like to me, Manjapani is the perfect one to go with uh, Huberto and Lindholm. And then Backlund with, with uh, Coleman, you can put almost anyone there and they seem to, to be going well, right? Like the, that was the get right line a season ago. And that line has been doing pretty well so far. So I, I think a Dubé makes perfect sense there. Kadri, Sharon Govich, and Zari is really interesting. Obviously, Zari has figured out a, a bit of a, a playmaking level to his game with eight assists in six games so far with the, uh, the, the I was going to call them Stockton Heat, the Calgary Wranglers. Um, and, and so him went with Kadri and Sharon Govich, I, I think makes a lot of sense. And then fourth line is basically whoever is left. I, I would like Coronado to be more in a, uh, in a more prominent role, but them's the breaks, I suppose. So I, I think this is actually a pretty good way to, to stack things up a little bit. And I think it is a good way to, to introduce Zari into things. You have Kadri who can provide a, a bit of, again, sandpaper for him is that there's going to be a bit of physicality that he's going to have to get used to at the, the NHL level. And Sharon Govich has a, a really, really good shot. So I think there's potential on that line. And so he is coming in with an opportunity to, to actually do some things. And it, it's something we talked about with Brett Sutter last week when we chatted with the, the captain of the, the American Hockey League club here for the Flames. And it's something we talked about kind of around Soloviev coming in. It's just nice to see people getting opportunities to, to kind of shine with this group. That was something, and I, someone texting in already, Daryl was not the issue. Um, he, he, if you're serving up a blame pie, he at least gets part of it. And I, I think that last year, one of the issues this team had was that everything roster spot wise was kind of set. You, you weren't going to have a kid come in and have the opportunity to make a real impact. This is now showing that if you go out there, whether it's, uh, I guess, mainly with the Stockton Heat or even with the big club here in limited minutes, um, if you go out there and actually produce and actually do what this organization asks you to do, you will be rewarded for it. And so I, I think this will be a, a good bit of energy for this team. Does bringing in a 22-year-old with one goal in the American Hockey League so far this season solve every problem the Flames have? Probably not. Um, expecting a 22-year-old to come in and solve every problem that you have is way too much. And I think that there's been a lot of, oh, well, if Pelche would have been, that's putting too much on a kid. If missing out on the kids is what is uh, hurting this team, I, I think then that there's more problems than, than we actually would believe. So I, I think this is good. I think it'll be a bit of a bigger, uh, of a nice spark for this team and maybe provide a, a little bit more of a dynamic approach to this team offensively. The fact remains, though, the best guys still need to be the best guys, but I do like what this can bring. Um, as for what the team is expecting and the reasons why they made this move today, uh, Coach Ryan Huska chatted with the uh, the media earlier today at Flames practice. Let's hear that now. Coach, what can uh, Connor Zary potentially bring to your lineup? Uh, Connor's done what we asked him to do when he got sent down, so he's been a real good player in the American League, and he's... Um... He's playing with a lot of confidence right now, so putting him with um, Naz gives a little life to our our, our team. Um, and the skill that he's shown and his ability to make plays at the American League level is going to give him an opportunity on power play as well. What did you ask him to do when at the end of camp? We asked him to go down and be the – he had to find his one thing um, that separated him from other players. And, and a lot of things for Kari come, uh, Zari comes down to – the way he can make plays and see the game. And I think you see that by what he's done in the American League so far. What are your impressions of his of his skating and his, his transition play, especially at the American League? He, 
he thinks it well. I think that allows him to be in situations where he's going to have the puck. So when he's playing with Naz, he's he's a guy that has that sort of same sort of mindset. So because he thinks it well, he'll be just fine. Ren, how much of a impact was moving him from center to wing and, and that in his progression here? Um, I think that's there's a lot to do with that. Like it's hard being a centerman um, in the American Hockey League. It's even harder being a centerman in, in the National League. Um, they have to do all the heavy lifting and. Um, they're the ones that basically are always down low with your defensemen. So they have to have a good understanding of the game. Uh, and sometimes for a younger guy, it's it's a challenge. So we felt it was maybe in his best interest to see what he could do on the wall uh, and see how he could progress from there. And he's done a, an excellent job. How much have you missed Rasmus, just all aspects of his game? Um, a lot. You know, obviously with the stretch we've been through, you take our, our best defenseman out of the lineup, it's going to affect you for sure. Raz is a guy that touches area every area of the game. What, what did you notice the most in terms of those four games without him? Like, what was the biggest thing that you kind of didn't have? Well, Raz brings a, a, a certain level of swagger to every game, um, no matter what the situation is. And if you're down a goal, he's going to push to be a part of getting you back into the game. If you're up a goal, he's going to be pushing to make sure you stay up a goal. He's just got a level of confidence and swagger about him that um, I think is impactful for the guys that sit around him. Seemed like it really bugged him not being able to play. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, he, nobody wants to sit and watch games, that's for sure. What was the focus of today's practice? There were some interesting drills that we haven't maybe seen before. What were you trying to do today? I was trying to get our pace of our game up a little bit more through the neutral zone. Yeah. Ryan, it might not be as simple as one thing, but if there was one thing that could help the Flames turn things around, what would that be? Uh, that's a good question, Wilsey. I mean, hey. Listen, I, everybody, we're not where we want to be. I can say that. And, and when you look at the team, you can find a lot of holes and a lot of areas that we have to get better in. Um, for me, it's the taking care of the puck through the neutral zone, and that's been kind of the Achilles heel from day one, and it's something that we have to continue to work on. Um, but we'll get there. Ryan, what are you leaning on right now? Like you said, this, is, this wasn't what you had in mind from no. the start of your first season as a head coach. What, what sort of experience are you leaning on um, there's, you still have your network and you still have your, your coaches that you lean on pretty significantly. Um, and truth be told, you've been in these situations before, whether it's in minor hockey, junior hockey, the American league, it happens. Um, the challenge is to make sure that your next day is the most important day every day. Uh, and that's the way we're going to continue to look at it. And it's, it's. Um, something that we have to fight our way out of. There's no doubt. This is a start we didn't want to have. Now we have to fight our way out of it. Uh, is, uh, is Adam still a short-term thing? He's he's skating still. Like he was on the ice before our practice. There's just a few little things that he's still got to work himself through. So we're still terming him as short-term, yeah. yeah. And do you expect the two maintenance guys, Zadorov and Dylan, to be fine tomorrow? We'll see. As of this point, yes. Thoughts on obviously not to further change of pace of question, but obviously the hockey world was dealing with the tragedy of Adam yeah. Johnson over the weekend, and there's been this conversation about neck protectors and, and guards. I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on that and, and whether or not they should be mandated. Uh, I, I think you'll probably see them coming. Would be my um, thought on it. I mean, the the NHL's done a great jar, job of making the the slash guard or slash guards, the the wrist guards. Um, everybody has the cut proof socks now. Uh, I think it's just going to be the next evolution in equipment is that the manufacturers will keep finding different ways to protect the players. And it's funny, when I was in the States, you had to wear a mouth guard as a minor hockey kid. You didn't have to wear a neck guard. Um, and it 
flipped when I came to Canada. Uh, again, for my kids, they had had a neck guard on, no mouth guard. Um, so I, I think you're going to see it being standardized as we get going, right from minor hockey probably all the way up. So the manufacturing companies have done such a great job of the other little pieces of equipment trying to protect the players from the areas where usually there's skate cuts, and um, I'm pretty sure though something would come down the pipe. Do you know if any of your players have opted to add neck protectors to, to their equipment? Do I know if they have? No, I don't. Yeah. Ryan, I'm sorry. How do you balance being early in the season, like a sense of urgency, but knowing that there's still such a long period to go till till April? How do you balance the mood of the group in that regard? The mood hasn't changed. You know, there there is some frustration, which is a tough emotion to have. Um, but it hasn't changed in regards to the way they're showing up to work. So that's not the issue. I think all it comes down to is, again, is tomorrow's the most important day. You don't look far ahead. You don't look what's happened behind. You focus on tomorrow being the most important day. Their confidence has changed at all? When you don't win and you're not playing to the level you want to play at, um, I don't. Um, yes would be the short answer to that. But confidence is earned. It's nothing more than that. Go out and work and, and, and trust in who you are and, and, your, and your abilities. Is that maybe the light at the end of the tunnel that so many players individually haven't played to the level that they've proven they can play at? It's not even the player, Wilsey. I think it's more about our connection that we have as the whole group. So once once we get that going, everybody else will, their individual games will fall suit. It's not the other way around. It's not the individual first. It's it's come connected as a group, and then you'll see the things change. Uh, so there you go, Coach Ryan Huska chatting with the media today uh, about Connor Zary and uh, a number of other of the uh, other things going on there. Just last one uh, quickly on Connor Zari. I, I do think that that this is going to be a, a real boost. And um, you heard it there. Someone was, was texting in asking. Uh, it was Dan and Cochran asking about uh, Zari. Why the move from center to the wing? I think um, it was explained there. There's just there is a ton of responsibility uh, that centers have in the National Hockey League. Obviously, they have them in the AHL too. You don't just get to run around like a chicken with their head cut off, um, running around in the off or in the defensive zone in the American Hockey League. But in the NHL, there's just a lot, and that feels like an added responsibility. So let him get kind of settled first, and then slowly add that responsibility but right now the the main thing for zari and the rest of the team is to try to get this offense going and so with that i i think that it's a a smart move by the team to bring up again someone at 10 points in six games in the american hockey league this season after a, a 21 goal season a year ago and it just seems like more and more that they have been adding responsibilities to his plate in the american hockey league and more and more he has been passing those tests with flying colors. And so the next test is now the National Hockey League and uh, no pressure to the 22-year-old. Uh, um, the, the only thing we ask right now is just save the entire season uh, and the course of the franchise depends on you. So no, nothing too big, nothing too major. Just, you know, fix everything right now immediately. Couple text 960960. Uh, burn it to the ground and start fresh with new faces. That means a new coach. Look, they're not firing the coach nine games into the season, nine games into his NHL tenure. Um, it, Probably won't even have to happen after 82 games unless it's very apparent that there is a, an issue here that these, well, I am frustrated with some of the things that are happening. Um, and I, I do not think he's batting a thousand by any stretch of the imagination. I also do not think many of the issues on this team are coaching related right now. So I will disagree with that assessment. Uh, they bring up another five foot, nothing player. That's uh, incorrect. He's actually listed as six feet tall. Now those things can be a little messed up sometimes, but um, I think he is a, a, he's at least taller than people expect him to be. 
uh, we'll, we'll see how uh, we'll see how he plays coming up for the Flames on Wednesday. Uh, there are kind of bigger picture things with this group, and it was um, brought up yesterday with Steinberg on uh, Flames Talk, and then uh, a piece up on on Sportsnet uh, earlier today that Flames have now started. I guess started to pause. Sounds like a weird way of saying that. Flames have paused contract talks is, I guess, the, the correct grammar for that one. And I, right now, I think that is kind of the only move you can make. To, to make long-term decisions on this team, it feels like a rather precarious situation to, to be in when, when you're trying to figure out what this team actually is and what direction this group actually is. And it is, I don't want to say easy for us. I mean, it is kind of, but th- there is absolutely a cry. And you, you see it here on the, the, the text line, like the, that one where the person wanted to fire the coach. Uh, it starts with burn it to the ground. There has been so much of that where it is blow this thing up, start this over, blow this thing up, start it over. A lot of that was coming from me yesterday. And I, I, I still, I still think that is the easiest course of action to take, to try to get this team back to where you would like to, to get them to is to start it over. But also understanding that that is generally not the direction this organization chooses to go. So it would make sense like, okay, yeah, lock these guys in long-term. They want to try to be as competitive as possible right away. So lock them in. There you go. But when you have a start the, the, that the flames have had and it looks the way that it is looked. I think it makes everyone in an organization kind of pause. And what we've talked before that there is some nuance to this, right? Like you're not dealing with just fringe guys who you're locking in. Like Hannafin is, I think an incredibly talented defenseman who is 26 years old. It would make sense to want to keep that player around long-term, but do you want to lock in on this group long-term? Same thing for Elias Lindholm. He's 28 years old. He has been your first-line center for a number of years and has a the, the complete two-way game that every team dreams of having with a, a top-line center. You would rather have that guy than not have that guy. And so locking him in long-term in a vacuum seems to make sense. But given the direction of the franchise, that gets a little bit tricky. And so I think the right move now for this entire organization is everything on pause and just see, can we... What does it look like when Rasmus Anderson comes back? What does Connie, Z- uh, sorry, what does Connor Zari bring to the table? Um, how can we, can we find any line combination that makes this work? I, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Calgary Flames to just hit that pause button. Everyone just kind of deep inhale, deep exhale, and just try to figure out what direction that this team is going in. And it's not like they're negotiating from a place of strength right now, right? Like, going into a negotiation with, with Elias Hint Lindholm. Look, we're trying to be competitive. We could let you walk right now. I mean, look at how great everyone else is playing. You know what? Don't look at how great everyone else is playing, but just deal with it. Um, it, it you, you're not negotiating from a, a real place of strength at uh, at this current moment, but it, it's, it's a tricky spot for the Flames to be in. It's certainly not a spot that I, I even the most hardcore Flames, I don't want to say hater, pessimist will say, um, and uh, look, I was on here saying, I don't think this is a playoff team. Um, I, I, I had some concerns. It's going worse than I thought even. And so from an, uh, an entire organization standpoint, you can see why the pause button is needed for it. But the big story of the day is Connor Zari, as he has been uh, called up from the American Hockey League. Um, I do want to, I, I honestly, admittedly, uh, kind of forgot we had this, um, we will now hear from Connor Zarius. He chatted with the other uh, media earlier today about his big call up to the big, uh, big club. 
Maybe just describe uh, what it was like to get the call here and, and an opportunity to come. Yeah, to uh, very special, I think, to get that call yesterday. I was kind of just sitting on the couch day off, but uh, got a call from Brad Pascal, and he kind of is the first one to give me the news. And uh, I think of a kid uh, playing hockey, that's, that's your dream kind of phone call. So uh, it was pretty special to get that one. What about the opportunity now to, uh, you know, whether it's in tomorrow or not, obviously don't know this yet, but um, just about the opportunity ahead of you and how you can make the most of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for what's to come. Obviously, uh, tomorrow's a new day and we'll, we'll see what happens at the, with the lineup and everything. But when I get my chance, when I get my opportunity, I just think most, make the most out of it. It's, it's going to be special no matter when it comes and, and I'm going to want to take it all in. But at the same time, uh, make an impression, take advantage of that opportunity. Was kind of today the first step of that, the, you know, to make an impression, obviously your first practice? Yeah, I think it's just good to get on the ice with this, uh, this group and, and uh, get back to the to the highest level and, and kind of get that pace going and and yeah like you said it's just nice to be around here what makes you feel ready for this opportunity and, and to take advantage of it yeah I think just how I've uh, developed my game over the last couple of years I think I had a really good season last year and, and built a lot of strengths and, and built a lot of areas not not only with the puck but away from the puck in my game last year and then I think continue that into into the camp this year and and, and thought I had a pretty pretty good camp and, and showed well and then I was able to carry that into the regular season in the American League and and started to have some success personally and as a team and I think that's uh, what kind of springboarded me to this opportunity. Who was the first person you called uh, after you got the news? Uh, the first person I called was my mom. Uh, she, she was kind of at home a little sick, but uh, I think it cheered her up uh, quite a bit to, to kind of hear that I was going to get the opportunity to come up here. What was the kind of key to the, you said you felt like you were good in camp and then rolled over. What, what's been the key to your season in the A so far? I think just sticking to what I've been good at, playing with confidence. And, and I've been playing the wing now the, the first last little bit of camp and, and the first six games in the American League, so the first month or, or whatnot here. And, and I think I felt really comfortable there. I found my stride. I think I've been able to play with a little bit more speed being on the wing. And, and uh, like I said, if I can play with that pace and move pucks quick, it's going to allow me to open up opportunities, especially in the offensive zone. So there was uh, Connor Zari chatting with the media earlier today. Now, um, this text, 960960, there's a couple of them actually here that I want to uh, to get to. Yes, but why are the Flames pausing contract talks for them to win two games, then go on a six-game slide after they sign Lindholm? It doesn't make sense. We are not built for the playoffs. Uh, someone else texting in, Hannafin and Lindy are gone, especially with the debacle of, um, debacle of a start. So, yes, it has gone poorly this year. And yes, I do think that it, it is quite apparent that there is kind of a flaw in the system right now, and there needs to be some big changes in Calgary. However, we all have been here for a while, right? Um, I'm, I'm sure speaking to people who haven't, but you know what I mean? We, we've all known this organization for a while. And one of the things we know about this team is that they do not just easily go into rebuild mode. And so one thing I want to do today with the full understanding that most of you want to just, you know, kaboomy, and with the full understanding that I think that's probably how it should go as well, we need to also understand that is not usually a direction this team goes. So what I want today at 2 o'clock, um, or for those listening in podcast form, that's going to be the start of hour number two, um, I would like to get your thoughts on how to fix this. You can't just trade everyone um, and start over. 
This is a team that generally has a mandate to make the playoffs. So, how do you get this little lump of coal into a bright, shiny playoff diamond? We will do our best coming up uh, at the start of our number two. Uh, that is um, that is the direction I want to go with this today. We're going to, again, easy to just trade everyone for draft picks and start over. And honestly, might even be correct. But... We're going to wade through the murky waters of trying to make the 2023-24 Calgary Flames a gosh-golly-gee playoff team. Uh, so we're going to try that coming up at 2. Coming up next, we are going to chat about what's actually happening right now with Julian McKenzie. A lot going on in Flamesland. We will chat with the uh, writer for The Athletic. Coming up next on Sportsnet Today on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to Sportsnet today. Peter Klein filling in last day with y'all here today. Uh, coming up in hour number two, we are going to fix the Calgary Flames. But it's only going to take 20 minutes. So we're also going to talk with John Hodge about the uh, the Calgary Stampeders and the BC Lions coming up this weekend as it's playoff time in the Canadian Football League. Your texts always welcome at 960-960. But before all of that, very pleased to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to Julian McKenzie from The Athletic and about 45 other ventures. Uh, Julian, I know you were barely busy at all this weekend, so I'm happy we could give you something to do today. How are you? God, man, you know, it's just on my, I basically was on my couch uh, for the equivalent of that, for the entirety of that weekend. So I really appreciate you just picking me up off that couch, giving me something to do and just not have me be so bored. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, it's what I do. Uh, I just give opportunities where people have none and I mean, clearly you're not doing anything. So uh, you're welcome, really. But um, you were in Edmonton. Uh, you were at the, uh, the outdoor game. I, I guess your because I believe this was the, the first one that you were at your um, assessment. How were the vibes? What was the, the first outdoor experience like for you? I got to say, man, it was so cool. Just just taking it all in right like i i spent part of that game in the second period not watching from the press box i actually went down to the stands was talking with a couple friends and just watching the game and taking into the sights and sounds and it was really beautiful man like i i i had never experienced anything like that in person and i just really really enjoyed it i know we're gonna get to flame stuff and all that and they didn't play all that well in that game i mean they didn't play that well in the first period and they got better but we all know it ended in a loss but just see players in their uniforms and seeing them take practice and being as close to the action as possible. It, it was it was really nice. Plus, it wasn't that cold either. Right. It was like three degrees at puck drop as well. That really made for an enjoyable experience as opposed to us freezing to death, freezing to death at like minus 20. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it for my my very first time covering an outdoor game. I, I really had a lot of fun. Uh, it was really great seeing you and a whole bunch of my other Calgary media friends and the Edmonton media contingent as well and some other national people who came through as well. It was a really, really nice weekend. Yeah, I, I like you said, I was there. Um, I didn't go to the actual game, but just being in the the city, and it, like, it takes a lot for me to say anything nice about Edmonton. But it was like th there was an energy that was there that it was just it was cool to be a part of, and maybe it was uh, the the company that I kept throughout that time. But yeah, it just it felt like just a, a fun. It was just a fun weekend to be in Edmonton, and it just there was an energy there that was different than, than anything I'd been a part of anyway. Yeah, and I don't think we'll ever say that again. No. <laughs> no, no, that's, 
that's that's probably peak. You know what? I, I'm probably done with Edmonton now. I don't need to go back. It, it's I think we're we're set with that. Uh, one player who didn't get to go to the outdoor game but is now a part of the Calgary Flames is Connor Zari. Uh, the 22 year old is being tasked with fixing this season and thus dictating the the course of the franchise for the next uh, five to ten years. So no pressure on on Connor Zari. But um, jokes and sarcasm aside, what are your, your expectations for for Zari? Ten points in six American Hockey League games uh, coming in at least in practice today. He was on a line with Kadri and Sharon Govich. Uh, the Flames have stuck with lines really truly, so that'll probably stay. But what are you expecting from Connor Zari in this call up with the Flames here? Someone who could provide some skating and energy and pace. One of my favorite things to do watching Connor Zari play at the AHL level is him having a moment where he has the puck in his own end and he finds a way to go end to end with it and create his own entry. It doesn't always result in a goal. It doesn't always result in some scoring play. But the fact that Connor has shown that he can do that at some level as a professional, I have always found that to be an encouraging sign. And I, I tried to ask uh, Ryan Huska about his impressions of, of of Connor skating and and his ability in transition. And he said, like, that's a guy who's going to put himself in a position to have the puck. So the fact that he's capable of doing that at some level – even working with Nazem Kadri and Yeager Sharon Govich, that's a player who I think you'll see the energy, you'll see the pace, and I'll be very fascinated to see how he handles the puck in those situations. If he's able to do that at this level and and be comfortable playing alongside those two players I mentioned before, I, I'm not saying that this guy's going to shoot the lights out and get a hat trick at his first game. But <laughs> if he does, we can go back to this interview. You could say I was right. right. But I'll say that, I think he does bring some element that this team really needs right now. You, you saw it in that in the Heritage Classic game. Very rarely did they have control of the game. Edmonton was just dominating in terms of just having a hold on the game, the possession as, as well. It took the Flames a really long time for them to get adjusted and settled into the thick of things. And I'm not saying Zary's going to change everything with this team, but I'd like to think that he will contribute positively in terms of at least having some more speed in the neutral zone, which is also something that Ryan Husk has said that his team needed to get better at. Yeah, it, it just feels like he checks a lot of boxes for what they need right now. And again, like I, I do want to temper expectations. He's 22 years old, um, but he has like anytime they've given him more responsibility in the A, he has passed it with flying colors. And for a team that hasn't been the most dynamic offensively, it does seem like he can bring a, a bit of that. So yeah, it's just, it's going to nice, going to be nice to, to see what, what he can do um, in terms of being with Sharon Govich and, and Kadri. Did you feel like that's a, a good fit for him? Uh, time will tell with that line. I mean, I, I, my whole thing, I, I know you're making the, the joke earlier about with lines and stuff with Ryan house guy, just, any opportunity to kind of have some stability with that, I think would still really benefit this team. I think any guy who can provide some speed and pace on any of the lines at this point beyond the fourth line, which has actually been pretty good skating wise, uh, that'll help. Uh, Sharon Govich, I'll give him this. Like the fact that he was able to, to skate alongside uh, AJ Greer and Walker Dewar, and those guys had some really good moments together. I'd like to think that should work for the positive. I don't know how it'll work from a scoring perspective, especially for a guy like Kadri, who, look, he got his first goal of the season over the weekend, but he really needs to put himself in positions to get his production up, and maybe the power play could help, but we all know his st his statistics are not where it needs to be at. I don't know. I'm with you on the fact we got temper expectations for the kid. I'm not saying he's going to carry that line and and, and get them a three-point night, but I, I, I like to think that at least they'll look a little bit quicker, 
maybe there's at least some attempts at being a little bit more fluid in transition that could help. Um, yeah, I, I think along the side of those two guys, again, with having a guy like Sharon Govich who can skate, that should at least make it marginally better. It remains to be seen. They're going to go up against a really good Dallas Stars team that has, in my mind, I think a lot of what the Calgary Flames should be wanting in terms of, of, of their core. Yeah, I think actually, like bigger picture, um, Dallas is an interesting team to look at because you look at the Calgary Flames and they have, I don't think I'm being, I'm speaking out of turn here, they have not got nearly enough from the two guys making the most on their team, which is Huberto and Kadri. Right. And while Ben and Sagan have certainly had their moments over the years and have uh, great stretches of dominance, 2022 and 2023, I don't know if that'd be one of them. Um, but this is still a team that has been able to, to build around that. And so I, I think you look at Dallas kind of big picture at like if, and I, again, I know a lot of people don't want them to go in this direction, but if you are hell-bent on staying competitive with this group, you it it's very difficult, but you can try to do that around a couple of bigger contracts when you build the team the right way. And I think the Stars have certainly done that. Uh, sure, uh, but I will say though, like drafting plays a huge role in that. And yes, if you really think about it. One draft class, one draft class has changed the fortunes of this franchise. I get there are other big, big time players on this franchise too. But when you're able to get Mira Heiskanen, Jason Robertson, and Jake Ottinger in the <laughs> same draft class, like anyone's franchise is going to change for the better. And ultimately, I think if the Flames are going to stay on this road, I'm of the belief they need to do something a la Dallas Stars in their model. Basically, just you if you're not going to be in the top three or wherever you're going to be picking, or I don't remember where Heisken was picking. I, sh I should probably be a little bit better with, with that analogy. But all that to say, if you're going to have those older players around, like Ben and Sagan, you're going to have to just hope that whatever you hit on in terms of your picks... They can get into your lineup right away and you could make it work. I was making a whole I was having a convo with with some some Twitterites yesterday about the Boston Bruins and the fact that they found a way to go from Bergeron and Krejci to Matt Plotra and 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 still have a team that's off to a really great start. That's a team that for years has been able to find great talent, put it in its lineup and and also carry over their culture from from their their days when that day winning the cup in 2011 to now like that's really yeah. impressive on their part as far as i'm concerned flames are carried over the culture too but that's not necessarily a good thing uh <laughs> but no yeah that's fair well uh, <laughs> um with this group that like we, we've talked a bit before uh and i um i made the comment about the the line juggling they, they do it once again here in practice and i understand from a, a coaching standpoint you see how it's going it's like well i need to fix this i, I need to, to change things what do you make of the the constant kind of blundering of the lines from from this coaching staff I still have a hard time. I made this point last week. I have a hard time digesting the fact that this team still is adjusting offensively and defensively to these new systems and new concepts or whatever style they want to play. And almost every so often we see a line change. I, I still would like to see Huberto, Lindholm and Madripani back together. I don't think they were that bad as a combination, but already seeing that split up that just, you know, I don't know. I, I think for a guy like Lindholm, especially, who had to play the Heritage Classic game with Dryden Hunt and Dylan Dubé on his first line, no disrespect to those players, but we are a long ways away from Lindholm, Goudreau, and Kachuk. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think for a player of his caliber, he's got to be playing with better caliber players on his top line. Uh, and, and look, if Adam Rizicka really is that guy who could fit that role, I mean, he had those moments last year where he worked out well with Lindholm, but he's injured now, so 
we'll have to see how it goes when he eventually does get healthy. He looks like he's still day to day. But yeah, I, I think in terms of juggling the lines, I can understand from the coaching standpoint, they want to find something that works. But I, I think in terms of, you know, getting everyone up to speed on what they need to do, uh, they, there needs to be some kind of consistency at the same time. And it's funny I use the word speed. I, I, I sound like a broken record here. There's a very big lack of that on this team. And again, going back to Zary, like that's going to help in that regard. But I really wasn't sure. I really, I'm really surprised at how slow they look and how not dynamic they look at all in this new regime. And even if they do get adjusted to Mark Savard's concepts and, and, and Dan Lambert on the defensive end too, like I still think there's a lack of talent that's holding this team back. But I, I think in the meantime, just trying to make it work in terms of lines, like it, I, I still have a hard time wondering like if that's really the best way to go about it. But obviously mm-hmm. there's a reason why I'm here. And there's a reason why Ryan Huska is the head coach. He's <laughs> obviously trying to find lines that will work. Um, on the, the blue line, Rasmus Anderson checks back in after uh, a four game suspension. I, there are some times where you'll be talking about like the, the rough go for the flames defensively. And people bring up that, that Rasmus Anderson has been out for the last four games. And it's like, yes, and that has to be a factor, but also it wasn't great when he was there anyway. Like, I, I do think it will help, but I don't think it just all of a sudden, again, cures all the ails. But getting Rasmus Anderson back, I think, does have to be a, a big boost. How much do you think the Flames missed him over these last four games? Yeah, I, I think just having a guy who has played all those games with the franchise, he has that confidence about him. And even with talking with us today, uh, we were trying to ask him a question about you know, whether or not this team kind of needs to be in this playoff position around Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. It he kind of messed around with us. He was like, Thanksgiving. I mean, we just had it in Canada. Like, like who said and also who says that we have to be in this ideal spot uh come American Thanksgiving? Like, I know that is a thing where if you're in the playoffs, there's a higher chance you'll make it compared to not. For what it's worth, I believe the Flames were in a playoff spot at American Thanksgiving last year. So shows how much we know about that. But all that to say, like just having that swagger and the way that he carries himself, like Raz is a guy who I think this team desperately needs uh, back in uh, just on the ice. It's one thing to just have him around and practicing. It's a whole other thing to have that guy on your blue line on the ice. Um, off of the ice, there's a couple of big contracts that are up at the end of the season, and that has been a big talking point. I know Pat and the, the guys on Flames Talk yesterday uh, talked about the, the contract negotiations now on pause. Uh, that was also written about on uh, Sportsnet earlier today. It, from my perspective, it feels like a, a smart move, but what do you think on, on the Flames kind of hitting the pause button on some major negotiations they have on the go right now? It's the risk that they were that they had to deal with when they didn't resolve those situations in the off season, essentially uh, they needed to figure out if, you know, those guys were going to stay or not, or if Kirk Conroy is going to make a situation work for those guys. Ultimately he opted for the wait and see approach. And the downside of that wait and see approach is you have to go through whatever this season is going to throw at you. And at least in this case, you know, with Hannafin and, and Lindholm, two guys who, at least they could get you something via trade. He hasn't signed those guys yet. So at the very least, he could try to make something happen if it's there. The big question I have is the value. I think for a guy like Noah Hannafin, who was off to a pretty decent start this year, I still think he could contribute in a team's top four defensively. I would love to see what the return's going to be. Elias Lindholm obviously wants a big payday from whoever is going to give him that money. 
Uh, I'm very curious about what that's going to look like for him if it gets to that point. Yeah, I ultimately, I think there's it's just going to be a situation where we're going to see more of the waiting and seeing. But my big question is, if this team digs itself out of the hole that they're in right now, and they're fighting for a playoff spot, or they're in a playoff spot around the deadline, like, does he keep them? I mean, I don't think he should, but like, right. If 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 this team feels like they have something, like even today, like Blake Coleman was meant referenced the 2019 St. Louis Blues, who were dead last uh on 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 New Year's Day that season, and they went on to win the Stanley Cup. Like, if that mentality is carrying through the organization and they feel that, you know, if they've done enough to get themselves into a position where they could fight, does Craig Conroy make that move? with those two players? Does he bank on those guys just staying? And hopefully that could lead them to where they want to be. That's the big question I have with this team. A common sense would say, maybe you, you move on from them, but in a world like hockey, in a, in a world like we're in now, we're in hockey, anything could happen. I am not ruling out the possibility that the, the flames just say, Hey, we feel we could compete. We're going to give this another shot. And we're going to continue to wait and see again. I mean, it, it, it worked to this point. Why not do it again? And I get I'm projecting a little further out into the future, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's too far. I don't think it's too far fetched to think about that. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that there are because of the caliber of players that are under expiring deals at the, the end of the season. It makes so many of those things like if they go on just an absolute tear and they, they look like they are the, the absolute undisputed kings of the Pacific Division, then maybe it's a bit different. But I, I think that real intriguing conversation is if they're like the first wild card team by three games around deadline time, like. What do you do? Do you go in and just hope that you don't get your brains beat in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs and make a run? Do you do you absolutely blow it up? Like it, it is for a lot of fans, it's cut and dry. It's just trade everything that isn't stapled to the ground. Understanding that the mantra might be a bit different in the front office. I think that it is that there's just so many intriguing possibilities around this team that it's certainly never boring anyway around here. Hey, no. And here's <laughs> the thing, too. If you move on from those pieces, and this is not me trying to make an argument against retooling, I think there's very you have every right to to want to to think that this team should do that, and there's definitely some benefits to them doing it. If they move on from Hannafin and Lindholm, they get younger players, they get draft picks that are going to help them in the future. Just for a lot of those people who are ready for it to be torn down, I just hope you're ready for the hurt that comes with it. All those teams that we're seeing looking really good right now, the Detroits, the Ottawa, I mean, Buffalo could be better, but the core on paper looks really good. Ottawa is on a bit of a of a skid, but, I mean, they have pieces. They signed Jake Sanderson in the offseason as well. They're a team that's supposed to be looking good. There were years and years and years of hurt and starts and stops all on the way. Buffalo, I keep saying this all the time, Buffalo is like they had to rebuild their rebuild like they rebuilt mm-hmm. and they tore stuff down and they had to start again like this is going on over a decade since they've been a really relevant team in this league and i just hope for flames fans who you know really want this to happen and they're not wrong for thinking so i just hope they're ready for that day because that's going to be so, uh, quite some time unless players and picks hit right away that they're going to be just kind of flailing around and, 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 you know, they'll have those brief moments where you'll get glimpses of hope, but ultimately you're not ready yet. And I, that my whole point is just, I hope you're ready for that. Yeah. It, it might be better than the present day right now where this team just isn't good enough, but you know, the alternative that's going to come with some pain too. 
Yeah, and like you just look up in Edmonton, right? Like it obviously eventually worked out with, with McDavid and Dreisaitl, but before that it was Hall, Everly, and Nugent Hopkins, and before that it was Gagne and Cogliano. And you look like Ottawa right now, um, and again, like I, I do think that the the rebuild is maybe the direction they should go. But you look in Ottawa right now, they've accumulated some great talent. But sometimes one of your players goes off and maybe does something they shouldn't on a gambling site. And then your other best defenseman breaks his hand. And then maybe you had a trade that you shouldn't have made. There's like it, it is really difficult to make that transition from, all right, we suck, we suck, we suck. Now we want to be a playoff team. Like that's a really difficult thing to do. It's not always just as easy as trade everything, get a bunch of assets. They're all awesome. And then we win a Stanley Cup. Exactly. Uh, and, and, and even some guys, I hear people say like, man, you got to move on from Huberto and Kadri. Yeah, good luck with the contracts that they have. I was having a debate with uh, my, my good buddy, uh, Danny Austin yesterday, and we were talking about like, well, if you're in a position where you from Jacob Markstrom, remember, that's a guy who has an NMC. I mean, and look, maybe it's not far-fetched that you want to move it. That's also a $6 million contract. We just saw the Vegas Golden Knights with the team that they have win with Aiden Hill in net. He was not the number one guy to start this year. Why, like, why would GMs do that? Like, there's a lot going into uh, a rebuild or a retool uh, to go down and, and to bring up the Dallas Stars again. I mean, that's a team that ultimately kind of sort of had to do that. Like, we mentioned the draft class, but they found a way to be competitive with those aging pieces in Ben and Seget up. And look at them now. We're going to see them tomorrow night. That's a team that's still expected to be a contending team. Whatever path Craig Conroy and the Flames decide to choose, they got to stick to that path get as many assets as possible and be competitive at least at some point, but just it's not a straightforward thing than what the phone callers on, on the tech or on the text line will say as well in terms of stripping this team down to the studs. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, with this group right now, uh, again, assuming they want to be competitive, um, there's obviously been a number of things that ha have plagued them. Well, what do you think is the easiest problem the flames have to fix right now? The easiest problem this team has to fix right now with the way that they're set, that's actually a really good question because, right. I, 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 well, you know what? I'll say this. The team has said at different points that they want to play simple and, and, and they had, I forget who specifically, it might have been Coleman referenced how in the second period of that game against Edmonton, they felt they were playing as simple of a game as they could, getting pucks in deep. Wow, I just had to use that cliche just straight up like that. But they were getting, it, <laughs> getting pucks in deep to make it work. And, and they did have a little bit of a flow for a little bit. They for they they weren't they didn't have the dynamism to keep up with Edmonton ultimately. But I, I, I think for this team, just putting them in a, in a in a situation where they're all able to work together, something that requires them to be disciplined, something that requires them to at least be strong defensively, which is a bit similar to what we saw last year where they're not going to – it's very rare they're going to win games like 7-2 or 8-2 or whatever, anything like that. But at the very least, they're going to try to be as sound as they can defensively. And it helps that Jacob Markstrom is back because yeah. at the very least, if the team says, you know what, we're going to commit to playing a good, sound defensive game and just be disciplined and Jacob Markstrom is able to hold the fort, that at least keeps pucks out the net, that at least keeps shots away, and they can go back to being as solid as they were last year. That has stunned me more than anything else. I knew the offense – there are some questions to be asked, but to see the Calgary Flames among the teams with the most goals allowed to the start of the to this point of the year, that surprised me more than anything else, considering how solid they've been and considering how good Jacob Barkstrom, I think, has been to start off this season. 
I just want uh, Cam and Taylor in the next room. Can we get the social breakout to be Julian? Uh, more pucks in deep is uh, for the the Flames. That's uh, you got it. Yeah, we'll no. see it up later today. <laughs> please, uh, please, please send me a copy of that. I, really I will post that everywhere. Uh, Julian, you're the best man. Thanks for doing this. We'll we'll chat again soon. Sounds good. Uh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, have a good one. There is uh, Julian McKenzie, Flames writer for The Athletic. Uh, we will break when we come back. Do the Flames just need to want it more? Uh, no, we, we are going to get into how we are fixing this version of the Calgary Flames. Again, does a full teardown make the most sense? Probably. But they have what they have right now, so let's try to fix it and make the, make the most out of it. We will try to maximize and fix the Calgary Flames when we begin our number two next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.